Welcome to the Rewrap for Wednesday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking Breakfast on YouTube ZB in a sillier package. I am Glenn ZB. This morning, uh, let's take on the anti-vaxxers, eh? Um, and in fact, anybody who's worried about getting a vaccine. Uh, we'll uh, talk about people who are worried about buying their first home. And on the bright side of things, Amazon's leading the way when it comes to the robot apocalypse. So we'll talk about that at the end of the pod. At the beginning of the pod, a bit of a problem with that whole MIQ lobby last night, though. Um, any ideas, anyone? Make this work better? In further uplifting news, we have yet another alternative coming today on how to handle the COVID mess we're currently being damaged by. ACT yesterday rolled out their eminently sensible series of ideas based around the broad theme of well-being as opposed to pure health. How ironic is it that ACT is out empathising Labour? A centre-right party has more interest in the well-being of us all as opposed to the left-leaning party that has caused millions in damage by making health and health alone the centrepiece of decision-making. For ACT Level 4's gone, MIQ's expanded, home ISO's rolled out, all the stuff that many have been arguing for for months, the sensible stuff that if this government started to work before 9 o'clock in the morning and had an ounce of organisational skill, would have rolled out an age ago. Elimination's gone, you are isolating the medically vulnerable, those who test positive, and the recent arrivals. The rest of us, get on with it. Seymour talks of the mental anguish are the kids who are stressed. None of this has been taken care of by the government with their one-size-fits-all blunderbuss of a policy, and we haven't even mentioned the billions in business carnage and closures. Now, National, with their policy released this morning, will follow it up with the temptation of Kiwis Offshore being able to be home for Christmas if you're double-jabbed. Now, it's a policy and an invite, an invite for the government to adopt it. They've said, look, go adopt it, adopt it today, take our policy and run with it. It gives weight to the power of the vaccine. I mean, what's the point of the vaccine if it means nothing. Under the government's MIQ system, you can't get in to get home for a start. Even if you can get in, the fact you double jab means nothing. That's how nonsensical the whole policy is. Between rapid tests, vaccines, home ISO and tech, there is no reason, no reason, hasn't been for ages, why we can't do things dramatically differently and by doing them dramatically differently, have a vastly better, fair, more equitable outcome. And here's another irony. None of this is radical. It's not revolutionary, it's not magic, it's what a lot of the world's been doing for ages. The government's time on this is fast running out. Never underestimate the power of Christmas, the emotional pull a home country has at that time of year. National and ACT offer real options for real movement and real reunions. Labour offer the Hunger Games, as you've just heard. It's the stuff that swings poles, turns tides, nails coffins. Labour's ineptitude, laziness and lack of delivery is coming back to bite them. The more alternatives, the more stark their lack of planning and delivery looks. Yeah, so lots of ideas out there. Let's just do them all. Why not? Why do we have to be... Yeah. Anyway, uh, better to do something than nothing, which is what the anti-vaxxers seem to want us to do. I still get an astonishing number of communications every day about the vaccine. You know, there are the anti-vaxxers, of course, who you know and where they stand, but there are a lot of... Well, seemingly odd messages that I can't work out whether it's an anti-vaxxer trying to plant doubt or people who are genuine in their inquiry but clearly have been living under a rock for a year or so. One of them is this. If you can pass the virus on, what's the point of the vaccine? You would be astonished or maybe dismayed at how often that question is asked. There are the claims that the vaccine and its efficacy fades over time, so what's the point of it, given you're back to zero? Well, a couple of quick answers. One, yes, you can pass it on, but if you're jabbed, the chances of getting it are tiny, and two, you get it so you don't die or end up on a machine. I would have thought most of us understand that by now. Three, the efficacy does fade, but not much, and at no point does it stop protecting you from dying 
or going on a ventilator. And when it drops enough, you can look at a booster. And even that's under some serious question marks at the moment as well. I suppose it's no different to those who text me and quote death tolls as though dying of COVID is worse than dying of all the other stuff they don't quote me. It's tragic to die of COVID, but not cancer, apparently. The other interesting thing is the libertarian view, my body, my choice, which of course is true. But here's the global dilemma. As much as it is your body, your body might want to go out for dinner or a movie, or a match, or jump on a plane. And the simple truth of the pandemic is vaccines are the passport to freedom. Argue it all you want. Rally against it, decry it, debunk it, bemoan it, rage, march, complain, text me. None of it will change reality. Mandates are here, and if they're not, they're coming. They are coming for workplaces, they're coming for public places, they're coming all over the world. They are or will be the norm, the future, the reality. The risk the resistors take is talking themselves into a corner. This is not a debate that can be shifted, far less one. I mean, lawyers in specific circumstances, maybe frontline mandates, maybe religious grounds might try it on in various jurisdictions. Some of them might be partially successful. But the thing about the virus is, rightly or wrongly, it got global buy-in. And with it came the next steps, which are new rules around living and participating, and top of the list is the vaccine. Part of Eastern Europe or Southern America might fight a bit of a rear guard around freedom of choice, but globally... This thing is over. We are not Eastern Europe or South America. You may not in the end get jabbed, and that's up to you. But the truth is, very few can live a life of any fullness without a plane ride or a meal out or a sporting event or indeed a mass gathering. And that is where this will end up. So, I mean, you've got the people who uh, refuse to get vaccinated because they're idiots. There's the people who are just sort of a bit scared. It's just 12,641 people got a first dose on Monday. This is the demand wall problem I'm talking about. Uh, the weekly or daily rolling average, seven-day rolling average is crashing. When I started giving you the average, it was well in excess of 55, 56,000 a day. And I was saying, well, hold on, what's going on here? We, we can do 90 a day. Why aren't we doing 90 a day? It's now down to 45,000 a day on Monday, as I say, 12,641. At that rate, it's going to be the end of December if the government insists on 90%, and in there lies a real problem. I'm worried about these needle-phobic teens. Do we need to shame them in front of their friends? Is that what we do? We, well, just, call I mean, them, we just call them pussies on social media. Well, how about you roll up their sleeve and show them their tattoo and go, well, what happened there, mate? How come you're suddenly afraid of a needle? Am I allowed to say pussy on the radio? Am I allowed to call people pussies? Jeez, I thought of that before I said it, probably. Anyway, um... First home buyers, you've got to be pretty brave to be one of those, don't you? Or do you? Mike, what about all the first home buyers outbid at auction by the government checkbooks buying social housing? Government love to quote percentages of private investors in the market. What about the percentage of government-owned houses? Well done, you. Last time I did numbers, 8,000 social houses, Megan Woods. 8,000 social houses, 4,000 were bought. Only 4,000 were built. 4,000 were bought. If I had more time, I would have argued with David Parker, but I didn't have time. But, I mean, he sounded like he's talking from a textbook. He's not part of the real world. They're not tilting the housing market towards the first home buyer. We know that. The facts speak for themselves. Did you hear him say, well, in the recent years, the rents have been flat? And I said, no, they haven't. Last year, they went up 10%. Well, yes, they did. Well, I mean, come on. Does he know what he's talking about or doesn't he? There's nothing by way of a tilt to the first home buyer in any way, shape or form, any more or less than there has been. What's happened to the price of a house in the ensuing period that they've been trying to tilt the price of a house towards the first home buyer? Nothing but going up. And meantime, the number of people, first-time buyers in the market has what? It's increased. Has it increased through government policy? No. It's increased through cheap money because people have gone and borrowed at 1%, 2%, gone and got a mortgage, borrowed themselves up to the eyeballs because that's what New Zealanders do, rightly or wrongly. And there are thousands and thousands of people, first-time buyers in the market. You know how many? 36,000 every year. 36,000 first-time buyers. So there is a tilt. 
but it's not the government's tilt to the first home buyer. Yeah, I think what we've learned is just because it's hard to do, if something's hard to do, doesn't mean people won't do it. Uh, I mean, they'll certainly complain about it, but they'll still do it. Um, it's like, I don't know, actually coming up with a real robot that's actually useful. When's, when will that ever happen, do you think? Trending now on the Mike Hosking Breakfast. Now, if you've got any doubts, we're in the middle of a tech launch season. We've got Amazon this morning. Uh, the new Echo Smart Devices. Introducing Echo Show 15, the new digital heart of your home, bringing all of the things that make your household tick into one place. Well, the thing that made my household tick are people, but obviously they're not. No, you were complaining the other day when the nice man said that he'd set a timer just by saying, hey, Alexa, set a timer. Yes. Okay. And you didn't know how to do that. This is how you do that. Quick question. Spark Sport at the moment, I'm going to, and it won't give me the content. It swirls, it swirls, it swirls, then nothing comes up. Every other streaming service works. What do I do? Pay you subscription? No, I paid it. It's working. I'm on. I'm logged in. It just won't give it to me. That's what I really want to know. Can, can Echo Show 15 fix that? I don't think it can. Alexa now has a 15-inch screen she hangs on the wall. Um, watching TV like Prime and Netflix is easier. You can set it to look like a photo frame the rest of the time. Then there's the Amazon Glow. The Amazon Glow looks like a tablet on a stand with a projector on top. The idea is the kids do activities and play games with friends and family via video chat. Kids use physical shapes while the remote family member uses digital ones to solve challenges together. Amazon Glow also has object scanning, which lets kids turn a favorite toy into a digital sticker for art activities, or my daughter's personal favorite, into a custom jigsaw puzzle. 250 bucks US. New fitness band called Halo View, that's 79 bucks. Then Listen to this quite the surprise. Today, I'm thrilled to introduce you to a new kind of household robot. What? That integrates Alexa, advanced hardware, software, computer vision, and AI in a brand new way. God's sake, it's, it's called Astro. It's a dog. It's a robot dog. It's Alexa on wheels, follows you around the house. You use Astro to patrol your house when you're not home. That's a thousand bucks US. No sign of a couple of things that were rumoured. Uh, the new and improved Echo Auto. That's Alexa for your car. Never happened. Amazon Echo soundbar. Soundbar with a camera so you can do your video calls via TV. Never happened. What happened? Eh? Well, we got a, we got a cool robot dog. dog thing instead. It, it, it is kind of disturbing if you want to do... Because, you know, there's that whole thing, oh, did I leave the gas on? You know, did I leave the cooktop on? Mm-hmm. So you can dial in and get it to go and look for you. But because it's on the ground, it sends up this periscope camera oh, out of it God to look. Sake. And, and then you can see. So that's cool. But also, no, it's, it's the robot apocalypse. Let's yeah. be honest. It's happening. Um, so, yes, the, this uh, Astro, Amazon Astro, uh, not only can it check if you've left the uh, cooker on, but uh, it can beatbox. I wonder if that's the first thing they put in the brief when they're making making a robot. Uh, you got a beatbox. Not interested if you can't beatbox. I'm, I'm glad, and the artificial intelligence just goes, oh, this again, all right. I'm glad there'd be uh, no artificial intelligence here. In fact, no intelligence of any kind. But regardless, I'll be back with you again tomorrow for another rewrap. See you then.